name is Dave Harinku, and I will be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. Megan, how you doing on this Monday? I'm doing well, thank you. Good to hear. You have a nice weekend? I did. I did. Um, you know, just a lot of hanging out before we go back to class in a couple of days. Yeah, it's really starting soon, isn't it? I know. All- it's weird with all these freshmen here. All the students are back, so that means Grand River is at a dead stop. Um, all the time. <laughs> students are everywhere, but you know what that means? College football is about to kick off. It's about to get going, and that's the exciting part of today's show. We are doing a Big Ten special preview, all devoted to the Big Ten, the Michigan State Spartans, everything you could want and more is it within the next hour. We also have two special guests here on today's show that I'm very happy to have on here. We have the infamous Mr. Hank Below. Hank Below, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, no, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, this is a man that played for the Michigan State Spartans from 52 to 54 under the uh, infamous Do- uh, Duffy Dortry. So uh, it's great to have you on the show, Hank. I really appreciate it. That's, uh, thank you. Uh, we better go go get the names first. Duffy Doherty. Duffy Doherty. And Biggie Munn. I've played for Biggie Munn to start with. And then I end up with for Duffy Doherty. Okay, well, great. Well, we will definitely be getting to that a little bit later in the show and how, uh, how it was to play under a man of that uh, caliber. Uh, we also have another special guest on the show today. Mr. Rick Audis, a man who played from 76 to 79, 79, played center here for Michigan State and lettered in 77 and and 79. Rick, great to have you on the show. Great to be here. Wouldn't miss it. Well, that's great to hear. Uh, Again, the phone number for all you listeners out there is 517-432-3893. Any questions, any comments, all show, give us a call. We'd love to hear your opinion. But uh, we are going to start the show off today with just, I want to hear a little bit from both of you. Um, I'm not sure if all of our listeners are really well-versed in, you know, you guys' uh, history with the program. And uh, I'd like to start with, uh, you know, Mr. Hank here. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself when you kind of came here to East Lansing and, you know, kind of your experience here. Well, I came here in 51, and in 50, uh, 51 we were uh, national champions, and 52 were national champions. In 1950, they lost one game that year. Uh, so we lost one game, and then the 53 was our first year in the Big Ten for football. Okay. And we won a Rose Bowl then, and uh, that was taken off of it, that part of it there. And then I was here until 56, 55. I went and played with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, went to, then I went to service, was drafted, went came out of the service, went back to the Packers and played for uh, Coach Lombardi for a year. Then I came back to Michigan State in 1960, and I coached here under Duffy till 1970. And then I took off and went into professional football, and I coached in professional football for 25 years. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, and your experience with the Packers just real fast. I mean, you were drafted in the fifth round, fourth pick there in 1954. I mean, what was some of your experience being under Lombardi um, for that brief amount of time and just your experience in the NFL in general, um, such a long tenure, obviously? Well, the uh, NFL was a lot different then mm-hmm. than it was now. I was a fifth-round draft pick, and my salary was uh, $5,500, and I had to make the team. And I had a $500. Well, I thought that was a signing bonus, but it was really it was an advancement. Okay. So if I made the team, they took it out of my paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> so things are a little bit different in those days. But uh, professional football uh, has grown leaps and bounds, and everybody knows that. But it's a great sport. It really is a great thing. And I'm, I'm happy to see that they're coming so far as they have right now with the guys uh, – 
Everybody's making money. The owners are making money. The uh, players are making money. And uh, and the fans, you know, you can just feel the electricity in the air when in the fall with, the, you know, college football. Everybody has their college teams and then the professional teams. Uh, the professional fans, you know, if you had to say that they're loud, like take the Detroit Lions, take the Green Bay Packers. See, Green Bay Packers has 20,000 people on a waiting list to buy a season ticket. So when you have a child born in Green Bay, automatically you put his or her name down right now, hoping 20 years later they'll be able to purchase a ticket. That's how tough it is to try to get a ticket in uh, in that 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 phase of it right that's there. Cra- that's pretty crazy. But I, I played at Green Bay, and I coached there twice. And, what years uh, did you coach there? I coached there my first time was 1984. But then I left there and went to Pittsburgh and was the head coach of the Pittsburgh Maulers in the USFL. Then I came back in 87, and I stayed until 92. I came back with uh, Lindy Infante. I don't know. I know this might be uh, tough for you to kind of make a decision on necessarily, but between your times here at Michigan State, your times obviously in the NFL, what what where would you say you had the best time? Maybe they're tough to compare because they're so different. But with your experience personally, well, we look. We really don't look where. It's not all fun and games. You you look where you can eat. Uh, like a lot of times, we'd be losing a game. My wife would go home and get the for sale sign out and clean it up and get ready to have to go go, go get another job because we may get fired. <laughs> so, you know, that's uh, that's the whole biggest thing. Is it? And I never thought about it as, oh, boy, wherever I felt fortunate enough, I felt fortunate enough to make a living at that area and work for the, that team. I can truthfully say this. Of all my time in professional football, I never had, I never worked for a head coach that wasn't a good good coach. And I never worked for an owner that wasn't a good guy. They were all, uh, Mr. Ford down at Detroit, he's taking a lot of pressure. But he's a great guy. Uh, Mr. Wilson, Ralph Wilson uh, at the Buffalo Bills, a fantastic guy. And so everyone that I worked for, so I was fortunate. Not many people can say that in their in their. And they're uh, whatever profession they're in. That boy, I really liked every place I lived. And never worried about a clock and going to work and and so forth like that. So it's uh, it's it's different. So I kind of chuckle a little bit when people say, "Oh, you like I like the place that paid me." Uh huh. I had a little bit of loyalty to that to that uh, state real hard. So Baltimore Colts. I was there with see. I look at my my background, and I'm really lucky. Is that everything that you can accomplish in football? I've been able to be fortunate to be part of. I played on national championship teams. I played on Rose Bowl championship teams. I played in Super Bowl NFL, and I won in that Super Bowl in the NFL. And I've lost when I played Cincinnati. I won with Baltimore. So I look at it all. I've I've been on height and been at the bottom of it and and so forth and uh it's just uh it's it's a good life it really is what i liked about professional football and i still like that about it you answer to like i as an assistant i was always a coordinator wherever i was defense coordinator i answered to the head coach the general manager and the owner and that's it 
That's it. You don't have to worry about some head or some department uh, trying to tell you how to run your team. And I, I answered to those three three people. And, of course, it, uh, one guy you didn't want to get against you was the owner because he, he's a – but never, never, never did I ever – and never did I ever run across that. Uh, like I said, that they were all great guys to work for. They gave you a chance. Everybody, every guy that I worked for gave us a chance to win, and that's what you need in professional football. And that's right. One last question for you, uh, uh, Mr. Hank, before we move on here to Rick. Uh, I just wanted to know. You know, you played under Duffy, obviously. You know, a man that's revered here in East Lansing. What was it like playing under a coach like Duffy? Well, Duffy. He was more like your father than anybody, than a lot of people. Like Duffy went, when he was here, when I was working for him, he went four years without taking a, a dime, a raise. He split it up, whatever they gave him among his assistant coaches. Uh, he would he would give them that. Uh, Duffy was a, he was a good guy. He was really, a, uh, he really believed in having fun in football. He thought football should be fun. Uh, like uh, one time it was really hot, so what did he do? He went out and he had a guy coming in and brought popsicles for everybody on the practice field. He took time out and had popsicles, which was unheard of in those times. <laughs> you know, take a, uh, popsicles out and, and something to drink. And he, every, he would start off every practice with a joke, a story. That's how he would be, and, and he'd be looking around, and then as soon as he got through, one of the other players would ask him, hey, Duff, how about that other story? So Duffy would start telling him about that other story. Pretty soon the coaches had to say, come on, coach, let's go. Yeah, we got to start practicing. <laughs> some work to do, man. So he was a great he was a great guy. He really was. Well, I mean, no, that's great to hear, uh, Mr. Below. I mean, obviously you have a million great stories. And, again, pleasure to have you on the show here today. Uh, I want to get to uh, Rick Audis, uh, another man that played here for the Michigan State Spartans. Uh, he played uh, between 76 and 79, were his years here, played center, lettered in 77 and 79. Um, Rick, again, great having you on the show. I uh, just wanted you to tell us a little bit about your time here at Michigan State uh, here in the late 70s and what it was like. It was great to be at Michigan State in the late 70s. I mean, we came in under a, kind of a different uh, program, and we signed uh, our the 76 class. There wasn't even a coach. I mean, uh, Denny had got fired, and they hadn't hired uh, Daryl Rogers yet, so we signed um, under co- under no coach. I know I wanted to go to Michigan State. We had a good recruiting class, and uh, we came here, and we won the Big Ten my junior year, and life was good. Oh, that, that is great. great. And the real fast, I just want to ask a question. Uh, start with you, Rick. I mean, Obviously, the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry been going on for a long time, right. uh, very heated. In your time here at Michigan State, um, you know, I do see I did a little research on your years here, and you guys beat them one time. Right. You guys beat them in 78, 24 to 15. Down there and, in Ann Arbor. Yep, and that was the year you guys were Big Ten champs. You went 8 and 3. Right. Um, what was the rivalry like there in the late 70s? I know Michigan was quite dominant, obviously, at that time under Bo Schembechler. What, did, what was the rivalry like for you? I mean, I don't think the rivalry changes a lot for anybody. I think if you're at Michigan State and you're at Michigan, it's just it's something that, that's there. I mean, I don't, we don't have a lot of a love for, for Michigan, and they don't have a lot of love for us. I mean, the old saying used to be, I mean, wish Michigan winning at anything is not good for us. So, I mean, there's... We don't like them, and they don't like us. I mean, it's pretty apparent. Pretty about, yeah, pretty much the bottom line. Well, it must have been nice to win one time. It was. It was again, in those four years. I mean, that must have been something else. And, um, you know, this year, I mean, obviously we have three straight wins now over Michigan. Um, you know, we'll get into more specifics on this, but do you think they can make it four? Oh, no question. I mean, 
games at our place. Uh, we have an experienced quarterback. I think there's no question. I mean, they're you know, we got them kind of right where we want them. I, I think there's no question we can win. No, I do too. And again, we will get to that. We're going to be uh, previewing this entire Michigan State schedule here for the entire season coming up very shortly. But again, thanks for guys uh, letting us know about you know just kind of some of the past here at Michigan State because I think a lot of students can really appreciate that you know not knowing that firsthand. But uh, we are going to move on to the breakdown of the Big Ten this season and what is going to be taking place here. Um, for all of you that aren't aware, uh, the Big Ten has become the Big 12. Uh, obviously, it used to be the Big 11, had 11 teams, never were able to have a Big Ten title game because we had an odd number of teams. But that has changed this year. The Nebraska Cornhuskers have come to the Big Ten, and they have left the Big 12, and they are here with us. Now, the division has been split as such. There are the leaders and the legends. Uh, this is how they've been this, this is how they've been. Split they decided on these names. Um, it does sound like more of a 12-year-old's favorite video game, letter, legion, uh, letter, leaders, excuse me, and legends. But nonetheless, that's how it's broken down. So all of you that don't know the teams in each division, I want to let you guys know right now. In the leaders division, there's Ohio State, Wisconsin, you have Penn State, Illinois, Purdue, and Indiana. Those are the teams that round the leaders out. Again, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Illinois, Purdue, and Indiana. Now, looking at the Legends uh, division, which is the division our Spartans are in, Nebraska, Michigan State, Iowa, Northwestern, Michigan, and Minnesota. One more time, that's Nebraska, Michigan State, Iowa, Northwestern, Michigan, and Minnesota. These are how the two divisions shake out. So it's going to be quite interesting. Really, Michigan State, in my opinion, being in... I don't know, I don't know, maybe not a tougher division, but it is quite a tough division with Nebraska being added. Nebraska, quite a good team, going ten and four last year, unfortunately losing in their uh losing in their bowl game to uh, to Washington seven and nineteen. They still had a good year, finished twenty in the AP poll. So Nebraska will be a force to be reckoned with here in the Big Ten. Now, just looking at this division here, Megan, you see Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Illinois, Purdue, Indiana again in the leaders. Last year, Ohio State finishing 12 and one, Wisconsin 11 and two, both finishing four and five in the uh, you know in the Big Ten last year. Quite great teams. Ohio State losing Terrell Pryor though to the NFL after the scandals that broke out here in the offseason. Who are you seeing as taking over the leaders division? Who should win this division this year, in your opinion? Uh, if if I was to say between the two of Ohio State and Wisconsin, I just think Ohio. State has a lot to overcome this year with all the everything that the scandal, a new coach, all that kind of stuff. Not saying they're going to be a bad program, but I would see um, Wisconsin, I think, taking the leaders. Think Wisconsin's got mm -hmm. the leaders then? Mm -hmm. All right, Hank, I want to ask you the same question looking at the leaders division. Uh, who are you seeing coming out of the leaders division this year? Well, I, I wouldn't pick them that way uh, like she did. First thing I would do, I would pick uh, to make the favorite the, the one that has a quarterback coming back. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to come in with a new quarterback. And regardless of the personnel that you have, uh, in order to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to have a, 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 in a in the NFL, you're going to have to have a good quarterback. And in order to win this league here, I think uh, having a good quarterback is uh, so that that's what makes us a, a a pretty good favorite in there with the the guy that we have, you know, uh, Cousins. We have him. He's uh, an excellent quarterback. He's done a good job. Michigan's got a good quarterback back, so they'll they'll surprise some people with the quarterback that they have in there. Wisconsin's still trying to get one. They had one transfer in. Uh, yeah, they have Russell Wilson now. QB yeah, Nebraska has has a good quarterback. Uh, Nebraska Nebraska's going to have good at everything. Mm -hmm. 
when they come in. They're, they're not going to come in short of anything because uh, uh, that's the type of school they are. But uh, I, I couldn't say this. I'm a coach. Yeah. When you ask me uh, if I've always thought I could, in, on 40, 35, 40 years of coaching, I never thought of, I never went into a game I didn't think I could win. And I used to tell people that, yeah, against Michigan. Michigan, when I played and coached, and the 50 to 70, you got the 50 and 70 record in there for 20 years. I think we won 15, 16 games that mm-hmm. Michigan State did. And uh, so our biggest thing, people talked about it, was uh, no, it was no big deal. We used to go play Michigan and say, okay, now where are we going for the party afterwards? <laughs> we talk about it because we knew we were going to beat them. That's right. That's, that's how it was. And, uh, well, that's the attitude so, you have to have. So, so we never, we never, so that's how I feel as a coach. I think you're going to go 12-0. and 0. I think we're going to go undefeated Michigan State. So you start with 12-0, and 0 and then you just see what happens. No, I think we're going to go 12-0. and 0 Okay, well, we're I'm getting to that. Start. We are getting to that. You can't get ahead of me too much, Hank. We are well, getting to that well, for sure. Well, no, so, but I, I, I think that if I was coaching at Ohio State, we're going to be 12-0, and 0, or Nebraska 12-0. and 0. The whole thing is going to come down to the quarterback and injuries. No, without and, a doubt. And our, and I, so I can't pick a winner right now. Okay. I, I couldn't. I couldn't pick a winner right now, and I and I wouldn't try because in my mind, every every team's going to be undefeated because they're all going to win. They're all going to win football games. That's true. Starting now, they're undefeated. Every team. Rick, uh, you're looking at the leaders' division: Ohio State and Wisconsin. Obviously, the front run, front front runners there. Ohio State really not, don't have a starting quarterback necessarily. You got Joe Bowserman um, out there, also uh, Braxton Miller. Uh, they're going to be battling it out for this t- top spot. Wisconsin did pick up Russell Wilson from NC State, three-year starter. Guys had 76 touchdowns, 18 picks here. I'm um, 18 rushing touch- touchdowns, excuse me, in his three seasons at NC State. Already graduated, really smart kid out there in Wisconsin. Who do you see as the front runner in the leaders' division to get to that first Big Ten title game? Well, I, I, I kind of agree with Henry a little bit. I think there's no question that Wisconsin's going to be a good football team. I also think that Penn State and Ohio State are going to be pretty good football teams, mm-hmm. too. I mean, uh, Purdue, they, their quarterback got hurt this this fall. Um, I heard. So he, he's out. Indiana and Illinois aren't that good. So, if, I mean, if you look at Indiana, Illinois, and Purdue, I don't think they're going to compete. I think it's between Penn State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. And I kind of like uh, Wisconsin right now. I think Ohio State has great players. I think the, the thing that Ohio State has that, that people are going to overlook is a little bit is even losing five players. They still have good players behind them. They, mm-hmm. weren't, they weren't recruiting guys who, uh, who, who were their second choice was Albion or Alma College. I mean, every one of those guys was going to Ohio State or Michigan or Michigan State or Alabama or Nebraska or LSU or somebody like that. So, I mean, they're, they're going to have good talent. They're going to be a good football team, too. But I just think with Wisconsin and the program they have, I think they're, they're going to win the, the, the leaders' division. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree with you, Rick. I mean, I personally think Wisconsin will win it, too. Um, when w- The question mark for Wisconsin's quarterback was up in the air. Um, you know, they lost Tolzien. You know, you didn't know who they were going to replace him with. And Russell Wilson is a great fit. Like I said, he's a smart quarterback. This guy graduated in three seasons. I mean, he graduated school in three seasons. He's a very smart kid. He's a very efficient passer on the run. Um, he can really get it done. And Wisconsin, they showed us last year at 11-2 and that they are a very solid pro-style attack football team. And I think Wisconsin will match that this year. Um, They will have a tough stretch, October 22nd and the 29th. They will travel to MSU and then Ohio State. And I think those two games are going to be the difference in Wisconsin winning 
the leaders division or not. How they come out of those games against MSU and Ohio State. They lost last year to MSU 24-34, which was a great win by Michigan State, which really propelled them to their uh, you know fantastic season that they did have. Um, you know, basically at this time, um, Bioma is 10 and 10 against the Big Ten on the road since he's been head coach. So it's very much up in the air as to who really is going to take that game. Looking at Ohio State, they did beat them last year, which vaulted them to the number one spot for a week, beating Ohio State 31 to 18. And it was the first time that they beat a ranked opponent um, since 1981. Um, Wisconsin really looking good. Unfortunately, they did lose in the Rose Bowl to TCU. Um, it was a tough loss, 21-19. to They could not convert the two-point conversion there with two minutes left. And nonetheless, a great, a really well-played game against a solid TCU program. So I do think that Wisconsin will come out of it as well. Um, to your point, uh, Rick, talking about Ohio State and just how you know a lot of people think they lost Terrell Pryor. Um, they have another guys. They have guys like uh, Dan Heron, the uh, running back, uh, Devere Prosey, um, Solomon Thomas, Mike Adams. They're going to be losing these four guys for five games. Now, I have to completely agree with you in the sense that they have enough talent on this team to get through that period, which that period is going to be four cupcake games until they play Michigan State. They play Akron. They play Toledo. Um, At Miami will not be an easy game. That will be a tough game. Don't get me wrong. Colorado. They're 3-1 versus Colorado. The last time they even played Colorado was 1986. And then they, they start their Big Ten Conference off with Michigan State, which should be quite an interesting game. Michigan State having lost seven straight now to Ohio State, which I think is going to be quite the meeting. Uh, the last time they did play, which was in 2008, the Spartans lost 45-7, to an absolute rout. Right. Uh, 254 yards to 60 yards at halftime, forced five turnovers on us. They led 28 nothing at the half. I think this is going to be a defining game for Michigan State, how they, come off, how they start off in conference play against a team like Ohio State. Even losing Heron, Posey, Solomon, you know, uh, Thomas, and Adams, they still have a great core of guys like Jordan Hall, the running back, who they switched him now to wide receiver, but he can also do running back. Uh, Jake Stoneberger, their tight end, uh, a very, very solid player as well. Going to need to be efficient in the slot, but they have good pieces still around them, especially Jamal Berry. He's a very high-acceleration, pure-speed type back. Okay, Jamal Berry will fill in these gaps while Dan Heron is out. Dan Heron, who had over 1,100 rushing yards last season and 16 touchdowns. He averaged 5.3 yards a carry. Very good. They will miss him. They'll miss Posey. But these guys will be back. And, uh, I mean, you look at – I guess here's my next question for you two, and I'm just curious. I mean, last 11 years under Trestle, 106-22 and was their record. They were dominant. 64-7 and at home. They were 66-14 and in conference games. Okay, they've won 10-plus games since 2005. I'll start with you, Hank. Where does OSU's program go from here? You have Luke Finkel, who's the head coach for at least this season. How do you see Ohio State coming forward here after the allegations, after Trestle resigning? Where do you see Ohio State coming forward? Well, I don't feel Ohio State will miss a beat. Okay. They have enough people there. I mean, uh, it's not like like uh, Rick said. It's, you know, it's not like they're... They've been playing the sister of the poor, the pack-up guys. They're, uh, they're, they're, they have three or four, five quarterbacks sitting down there. One of them is waiting for a chance. Uh, uh, I, I don't think that they'll miss that much. Let's just say that if those guys graduated, if those guys or if he came out early, went to the NFL, the quarterback yeah. went to the NFL, it, it would have been the same thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like... Uh, you know, they didn't have anybody sitting there waiting. 
I really, I don't think that Ohio State, I think they're going to be a good football team. I think what the Big Ten has this year, uh, the Big Ten has some very good coaches in it this year. Yes, they do. They've got some good first-year coaches that are going to do, I was very impressed to listen to them speak at the Big Ten thing on, uh, they didn't come out of there with a lot of grandeur of everything. They came out what they have to do to win. I think that uh, the Big Ten's going to find uh, uh, it's a pretty good football team. I think you're, people are going to be surprised at Illinois. I yeah. think they're going to come out of there. They're going to come out of there because they have some real good football players. So I can't say. And in in, in Indiana finished at the end of the year last year pretty good. You know, they didn't win, but they were scoring points. They were on, scoring on, points. On, um, you know, a team that was 7-5. and five. So uh, I, I think that the Big Ten is going to be a, a kind of a toss-up with Michigan State winning it all. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be real tough. Real fast to your point on Indiana. Indiana, um, they could put up points, and the reason they could is because of their quarterback, uh, Ben Chappell. Unfortunately, he is gone. Um, uh, you know, he's not going to be playing anymore. He was number one in the Big Ten in passing last season. Mm-hmm. He threw 62.5% completion rate, almost threw for 3,300 yards, had 24 touchdowns and nine picks. So uh, he is going to be a big loss they for Indiana. They picked up one of the top quarterbacks in the country, though, just recently. Uh, this year, coming in here to plan for him, I believe they picked up, picked him up, and then his brother also committed to him or something like that. Something came out. Of I, it. I think when you look at Indiana and you're trying to compare an Indiana to Ohio State, though, Indiana doesn't have the talent Ohio State no. has. I think no. the only ver- yeah. a variable that Ohio State's going to have the unknown is what's their coach going to do? What is he going to do in the pressure situation when it's fourth and one or third and two? In a big game on a national stage, never being there before. I mean, it, that 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 that's a that's a situation that uh, everybody has to adjust to. And if you've never done that before, I don't care how your talent is. They do. Ohio State does have great talent. Um, you know, you got to make some big decisions in big situations. And, you know, what's he going to do? No, definitely. I mean, that is the biggest question mark. I completely agree with you, Rick, that, you know, what will Luke Finkel do in those pressure-type moments? Well, how will he handle this kind of pressure? Ohio State, Columbus, they are used to nothing more than pure, perfect success to a degree. Like I said, this is a team that has won 10-plus games since 2005. Okay, they've either won or shared the division title in six straight years. It's a team that doesn't know how to lose. They don't accept losing. Okay, we'll see how Luke Finkel can handle the pressure that Columbus has. It's the same type of pressure that Ann Arbor carries for coaching a team like Michigan. And we'll get to Brady Hoke here in a little bit. But uh, real fast, Rick, looking at Ohio State, um, like I said, they schedule Akron, Toledo, at Miami, then Colorado, and then you start Big Ten play. Um, after that, they're going to be playing MSU. Nebraska. Um, they have a lot of, you know, a lot of tough games. Looking at their season right now, I know it's tough to pick, and I mean, we're just doing this for fun. But like, do you see them at eight and four? Are they? Could they surprise people with the nine and three, ten and two type season? Are we seeing just a little bit of a step back from their, you know, immaculate success really over the years? Uh, you know, uh, Ohio State could beat anybody, and I think it's like anybody else. Any good team out there could beat Ohio State. I think Ohio State's going to go. You know, I think they lose maybe two games this year. I think Ohio State's going to be good. Also, too, they may be playing with a chip on their shoulder. You know, the, the the trestle factor, he's no longer there. He was their guy. You know, the players kind of get together and stick up for him. Plus, this, this, this uh, Finkel's been, been a part of that program, and he's been part of the Ohio State mystique, for lack of a better term, since, uh, since he was a player. So, I mean, he's the guy that knows the deal. 
knows the ins and outs, knows the traditions, knows knows kind of what's going on. And I don't think they lost any assistance. So, I mean, no. they got the same guys coming back. Um, so, you know, I, I think they're going to be very competitive. I don't – I mean, they could beat any – they could beat – they could win them all or they could – Lose two or three. I mean, I, th- I think they're going to lose probably two games. Two games? Okay. Megan, real fast, I mean, looking at Ohio State, I mean, they're really their toughest games. I mean, they're going to have a stretch at Nebraska, at Illinois, uh, October, October 8th and October 15th. Then they get a bye week to relax before they have to play Wisconsin for their homecoming game. Um, what do you see in Ohio State like this year? I mean, I, I agree with him just because, you know, Ohio State has been a powerhouse program for a long time. They have been the good, the good team in the – I guess in the Big Ten, they've been the team to beat. And the whole chip on her shoulder, too. Like, that, that's what I was saying earlier. Um, you know, losing Trestle and everything and uh, everything that's been going on with their program. But, yeah, yet they are a good team, and they do have good players. And they can definitely – they could be the ones to win, the, you know, the leaders. We could be wrong, obviously, speculation. It's all speculation exactly. right now. It's that's the fun of it. I know, and that's why I think I think it's about the same. Maybe two or three games they'll be gone, especially with um, road games against like Nebraska, who's new in the Big Ten or Big Twelve or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it's it's, it's going to be tough for them to win a couple of games, but I think they're still going to be pretty good. No, definitely. I mean, Ohio State. Anyone sleeping on Ohio State, you're just losing. You think they lose Trestle, they lose Pryor. Their their whole program is going to go into the tank. That's that's a joke. Like they like Hank has already said in Rick. They weren't playing with just a bunch. Of, they have people behind these guys, okay? And these are guys like Dan Heron, Devere Prozy, Thomas, Adams. These guys are going to be back. They're only going to be missing five games. Yes, they do miss the first conference game against Michigan State. But the games before that, most of them are quite easy games. Ohio State has won 32 straight home openers. When they play Toledo the next week, they're 42-0-1 since they, since they played in-state school since 1922. They are a great team, Ohio State, and they will make sure – to get it done when they need to. And I think the chip on the shoulder is one of the best points made yet, made right now because they've been basically flushed down the toilet all summer and even back to last spring regarding all these allegations with Terrell Pryor, the whole incident at the tattoo parlor, Trestle covering up. They've been dragged through the mud. And at this time, they're going to try to get Ohio State reborn again in the eyes of not just their own fans, but in the eyes of the country. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how Ohio State handles this kind of nuance of having a new coach and just kind of being in the spot. People are waiting for them to fail, but they are not going to want to fail, and they're going to do everything in their power not to, and I personally don't believe they will. Um, we are going to take a quick break here on the Spartan Sports Wrap, but when we get back, we are going to be delving into the Legends Division, and that is with Michigan State, Nebraska, Michigan. We're going to be talking about those three teams mainly and how Michigan State's uh, schedule shakes out and what we think this team is going to do, do this year. Um, after that, we're going to get to a little bit more about OSU, just about the offseason turmoil. Uh, just uh, ask Hank and Rick about that. We'll also be talking just about the names of the legends and the leaders. Is it silly? Is Are you guys fine with it? You know, What do you think about these names? names for this also we're going to be talking a little bit about is the big 10 a new conference to really be reckoned with with i think a lot of teams really emerging it's not just pretty decent teams but some kind of powerhouse teams and we'll get to that so you guys all know the phone number is 517-432-3893 you were listening to the spartan sports rap here on 88.9 wdbm east lansing you're listening to impact exposure here Th- thanks again man it was good wait time. you were uh you were hitting it pretty hard tonight are you, are you good to drive heck yeah i am amazing at driving yeah man you sure i mean i can call a cab or we fine. can uh, we can get somebody to take you home yeah, you know? yeah don't worry i'm good okay uh hey text me when you get back okay stop right there 
This is stupid. He's drunk. Friends don't let friends drink and drive. Ever. A message from 88.9 The Impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Prime where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Friday nights from 8 until 10 p.m., The Impact Flashback is your retro music alternative, playing your old favorites from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Only on Impact Primetime. In a world where radio was repetitive and mundane, in a time when FM is plagued by the same 15 songs, an army of new songs are called to battle, and only the strongest survive. Every Sunday night from 8 till 10, sit or spit, only on Impact 89 FM. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Dave, Megan, Hank, and Rick here with you. Big Ten special preview show. Halfway through, we got about half more. So don't forget the phone number, 517-432-3893 is the number you can call an all-show. Uh, we are going to get to the Legends division, though. Talk about the division that the Michigan State Spartans are in, the one that really is means the most to us. Again, the Legends division rounds out with Nebraska, Michigan State, Iowa, Northwestern, Michigan, and Minnesota. So those are your teams. <laughs> Now, looking at Michigan State's schedule, we're going to look at this game by game and just kind of try to dissect it a little bit. Real fast, looking at Michigan State, they're kicking off the season this Friday night here at Spartan Stadium against Youngstown State. Uh, this will be the first meeting against Youngstown State that Michigan State has ever had. Uh, MSU has won 12 straight home openers, and uh, the Penguins last season, which are that's the Youngstown State uh, mascot, they went 3-8 and eight last year. And also, so no one forgets, uh, Coach D'Antonio was also an assistant there from 86 to 90. So, Really seems like quite a beatdown. I never like getting ahead of myself, but there's a 34-point spread on this game. Again, Michigan State really has their way with home openers, with whoever it might be, whether it's Montana, Idaho State over the last couple of years. Um, it seems like an easy win. Can I, can I get an agreement with that? Probably Youngstown <laughs> yeah. State, and a win. I wouldn't give 34 points if I was playing Megan's team. <laughs> Listen, I agree with that, Hank. I think 34 is crazy, but you never know. Those spreads are always ridiculous. But um, looking ahead to the next week, we play Florida Atlantic, which we are 2-0 and against Florida Atlantic in our history against them. Um, we did win 30-17 to last year at Ford Field. Um, it was a game that Edwin Baker had a career high, 183 rushing yards. Um, you know, we got ahead, um, pretty much dominated them. They did score some points late in the game, but uh, I see Florida Atlantic as a hands-down win as well. Um, not a bad team by any means, but not a team that's really going to contest with the uh, the veteran Spartans. Any different opinion? No. <laughs> no, it's good. It's I, I would. Be, I wouldn't. Uh, I would. Like I said, I'm like getting too. I wouldn't, I wouldn't kiss off that uh, Florida team. I never liked they're to as well. I never like to sing no matter what. It's a win, but they're there now. This is their third or fourth year. And it's Snellenberger's last year. Snellenberger's last year. What? Yeah, he's already admitted he's done. He, he's. Um, he said he's done. Uh, I coached him for a lot, against him for a lot of years, Snellenberger. He's a very excellent coach, mm-hmm. but he's uh, he'll have some people lined up there. He's always had, you know, last year, uh, ours was a tight game down there against him. Oh, when it got down to the end, it definitely did. It was a very tight mm-hmm. game, and I think it's interesting to see what he, that he's going to get. He's He's been coming up uh, with a couple players, running backs. He'll have running backs somehow. 
some way there's enough uh, running backs on that area. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't kiss that team off, and uh, I think they're 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 a pretty good football team. Well, they're, they're no one to overlook, and I definitely agree with that. I still think it's a win, well, but they're Appal- definitely Appalachian State taught Michigan. That. <laughs> I was going to bring true, <laughs> very true, but you know, a lot of people forget Appalachian State was one of the the premier D three league teams. I mean, they were. They were a fantastic team. Well, I looked at that game, though. I thought the Michigan was lucky when it was over. It was <laughs> well, definitely. Be, I mean, it was going to be more. It, it was a tough loss, but you have to. It wasn't like they were catching up to them, you know. They lost. But the thing was, is, I mean, I hate defending Michigan ever, but I'll defend Michigan the fact that they were a field goal away from winning that game. And, you know, it's, I know it's all about the what-ifs, but they didn't get beat down. It was a blocked field goal at the end of the game. And Appalachian State is one of the best D3 teams out there. Hands down. So I just think, I, I hate giving Michigan any credit, but I think they get some blames a little too much for that loss. I think losing to Utah was even worse in, in some ways because they couldn't bounce back at all from that first terrible loss. But looking ahead, though, this is a very important game. The Spartans most likely will start off 2-0 and uh, this season. But September 17th is at Notre Dame. Okay, And this is a game that is going to be difficult. Notre Dame right now ranked 15th in the country. They are projected to be a pretty darn good team this year. And if we all... I think we can all remember last year, fake field goal in overtime, Little Giants, mm-hmm. that helps us win this game. Um, you know, an amazing play. Uh, one, it was just, a, it was a great game. I uh, can't say anything more about it. But nine of the last 11 meetings have been decided by single digits with Notre Dame. So looking at this game, Megan, do you see the Spartans winning at Notre Dame? This is the toughest. This is going to be their first test of the year. It's a tough game. What do you think's coming out of it? Um, I we had a hard time with them last year. Ever, I might, I, I'm stuttering a lot today. I remember going to that game and everyone's like, "Oh, we're gonna win, we're gonna win," you know. Last year and they pulled the little giants out of their hat in overtime and ended up winning. And um, with Notre Dame fifteenth overall, and us, I've, we're a pretty good program too, obviously. But I, especially since it's away, um, sometimes we do have problems with away games. Um, and it's the third game of the season. They're going to still be working on things, getting things going, you know, that kind of thing. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I think it's going to be a difficult, tight game for them, like you said. It's going to be a close game, I think, regardless. And I think I think we are actually going to lose to Notre give, Dame. You got an L? Yeah. All right. Hank, I mean, I, I know you've had a lot of experience with Notre Dame over your years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Notre Dame storied program in so many different ways, and Notre Dame seems to be coming back into, you know, resurgence since their down years. Uh, What do you think of this game here September 17th? Well, you know, uh, we can't, uh, I can't uh, dislike uh, Notre Dame like you can dislike Michigan Mm -hmm. because we owe a lot to Notre Dame. They got us into the Big Ten. Uh, They they gave us a schedule when they won back-to-back national championship and they put us on it and played Michigan State, and we almost beat them, and then we did beat them, and then we had great success against them for a lot of years. So everything that we've done at Michigan State, we owe a lot to Notre Dame. They they were very good for it. Duffy and uh, the the president of uh, and Dr. Hanna, Michigan State's president, Duffy Doherty, and then uh, uh, Father Hesburgh from Notre Dame were very close. Uh, the fact they tried to hire Duffy away at one time, and uh, he turned him down, and recommended Eric Parsegan. That's how Eric Parsegan ended up at Notre Dame. But uh, I've never read a newspaper ever that Notre Dame doesn't recruit in the top ten in the country. So they have players. They have uh, the, the Hawaiian kid 
was the number one, uh, their linebacker. He was the number one kid in the country uh, from Hawaii. Because I know cause my, my son was coaching at at uh, UCLA at the time. Chucky was, and he was in there real heavy on that kid uh, to get him. And he, they came in second, but Notre Dame picked him up, and he was God's gift of football when he came out, you know, a year ago and so forth. So they have them all like that. They're they're good. They're a good football team. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, are we going to be healthy by the time we play them? Are they going to be healthy by the time we play? Now you're talking about the third game of the season. Now you're talking about a lot of things. I know, a lot of question marks. We, a lot of things we can't out. predict that. All we can predict is but the rosters be, as now. It would be a good game if we're both going into it like it is. And uh, it'll be, uh, I think that there also has to be a little rivalry there between the coaches. Because one, you know, the one was at Cincinnati, and the other guy came in and took the job at Cincinnati. And I think there's a little rivalry among mm-hmm. among our D'Antonio and, and their coach. So uh, yeah, you're seeing a close game, no matter what, pretty much. Yeah, I think you'll see a good football game. Good football game. All right, yeah, Rick. Um, you know, your thoughts on Notre Dame Notre Dame game? Well, I think there's no question it's going to be a good football game. I think we yeah. win the, we win the game. I think we win the game because we have a three year starter at quarterback. I mean, I think that's what you need to go on the road. At a three thirty start and win a big game. I mean, that's that's a big game down there. I think they play Michigan at night the week before. Which they do, is, which is two big games for them in a row. Um, I think that uh, th- th- that's just a game that we win. I think we we've had great success against them over the last ten years, and I think we we beat them again. I mean, that, I think that's a W down there. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Rick. I uh, I think that this starts off the Spartans going a good direction, basically. It's going to be a tough game. No one ever questioned that. Of course it's going to be. But nonetheless, like you were saying, Rick, we've had success against Notre Dame, and I think this is where the Spartans come to play. And they come to show the country here on ABC at 3.30 what they're made of. And uh, Kirk Cousins is the best compliment to that win, like you had mentioned, Rick. He threw 66.9% completion last year, almost 2,900 passing yards, 20 times touchdowns, 10 interceptions, three-year starter, bright guy. You really saw it last year. He really has become patient in the pocket, not turning the ball over as much, and he's got a great arm, and no one's ever denied that. And Kirk Cousins, with the backs that we have on our team, Edwin Baker, Larry Caper, Le'Veon Bell, we have one of the best running back cores in the country, hands down. Edwin Baker running for 1,200 yards last year, had 13 touchdowns, almost an average of six yards per carry. He's a power back. He's a strong guy. He can get through the tackles. Edwin Baker could have a Heisman-type year, potentially. Edwin Baker has a lot of talent, and don't discount this running back core in any way. They are deep. Okay, Michigan State, I do think, wins that game at Notre Dame. Uh, we will move on to Central Michigan, and that was September 24th. That's, that's when this game will take place. I think we can all remember the agony of 2009, losing 27-29, to 29, uh, a TD score with about two minutes left, and then they did an onside kick, got the ball back, and won the game with the field goal with like 12 seconds left to make me, uh, all my Chippewa friends, just bullying me for the whole year, even though we had a better season than them. <laughs> the whole year? You mean the past two years? Forever. <laughs> we beat you. I was like, okay, Still you guys you. don't have Dan LaFever anymore. Um, but nonetheless, Megan, looking at Central Michigan here, um, do you see it as a W? Yes. And the reason I say that is I went to the Central Western game last year. I watched them play. It was an ugly game. I don't know. It's pretty much always. It was an ugly game. It was an ugly game. And, you know, I just don't think they have 
um, as much talent as they had back in 2009. Um, and I think I don't. I'm not saying it'll be an easy game, but I'm saying yeah, it's going to be a W. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's going to be a win as well. Um, I'm going to skip this because we can't go. I mean, we won't have enough time to go game by game and really get everyone's opinion. But I think Central will be a win. We are 4-3 and three versus Central in the history of the series. But nonetheless, I think Central, um, we're looking to get revenge. Uh, without a doubt for that 9 loss, which, you know, you know, it was a tough, tough loss. You know, back-to-back tough losses with Notre Dame and Central that year, actually. So uh, I think uh, the Spartans look to get some retribution on September 24th. This is a game I do want to discuss. October 1st, we start Big Ten play. Uh, conference play kicks off at Ohio State. Not the easiest game. Everyone getting boasting and being happy. Oh, they're going to be losing five guys. We won't have to play against those guys. It'll be a cakewalk. Not really. Uh, Not at all. Again, we have lost seven straight to Ohio State by an average of 18 points per game. It has not been pretty playing Ohio State the last seven years. Um, You know, only one of those, only one game has been decided by single digits. So it is going to be quite an interesting game to see how we go in to Columbus and face off against this team. And Rick, I want to start with you this time. You know, October October first at Ohio State, this team should be four and zero at that point. How do you see them facing up against Ohio State in this matchup to kick off the conference play? I think we go in four and zero. I think they're going to be close to four and zero, if not four and zero. I think that we have momentum, and I think that that's a game that uh, that Coach D'Antonio doesn't want to lose. I think he's you know, he coached down there, and I think that's just a situation where we go down there and beat him again. I think that that uh, we have good players, they have good players, and I know it's a, it's a tough place to play, um, but I think we win that game down there. I really do. Good stuff. Hank, what do you think about this game coming up here with Ohio State? Well, I'm an Ohio guy. I was born in Ohio, born in Scranton, Pennsylvania, but was raised in Canton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Buckeyes, to beat a Buckeye was a great, great honor for the it still is. It's hard to beat Ohio State on a kid in thing. The problem that you have there is they have so many players. They have a hundred players, say for example, in the state, and where we have our first twenty is as good as their hundred. But then after that, theirs is kind of a little bit better than our end of our hundred up here. But I think that uh, Ohio State, uh, they'll be talking about those guys that are still. Can't play. This is their last game, right? That yep, this will be the last game they're suspended play. for. They can't. They're suspended. So you hope they're all looking forward to next week and gives you a, you a chance to come in there and uh, win it. Yeah, because the thing is, and that's a good point to bring up, is that the week after they play Michigan State, they travel to Nebraska. At Nebraska, which is going to be a huge game, uh, actually quite be, could be a, a decider game towards the end of the season, towards who's, who wins the Big Ten title. So, um, so, Ohio, so you still you got Michigan State then against Ohio State in that game. I think they might be looking a, far, a little, maybe be looking a week ahead here. Michigan State, I think they're going to win them all. I think Michigan State's going to be. I told you that twelve and zero. They're going to be twelve and zero. Twelve and zero. I'm a coach. That's what I think. Here's what I'm saying: if if we're going to lose a game. I used to tell my players, if you think we're going to lose a game, let me know what game we're going to lose. We won't practice that week. Because I didn't like practice a whole lot when I was coaching. Really didn't. But, yeah, it was a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. Everybody would laugh about it. Ah, ah, ah. But I would say that I kind of kid them that way. So let's go out and play. We're going to go out and play and win. And don't think you're not going to win. And I'm sure that's, that's how they think. And, I, and, I don't, and Rick, I'm sure, is the same way. He never played in a game that he thought he was going to going to lose. You don't ever go in the game and say, oh boy, they look a lot better than we do. No, you don't go to that. 
Never in my history, I tell players this, it's third and two at the two-yard line, and you're going to drive in for a score. You never look at the guy on defense and say, how much you weigh? How tall are you? Everybody worries about that when they're recruiting kids. He's too short, he's too small. But you never look at that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? You go play, and that's what football players do. They come and play the game, thinking that they can beat anybody, you know, coming in here and so forth. Yes, I completely agree. But looking at that, though, looking ahead, I mean, Ohio State, I think personally it's going to be a win. Uh, I personally think that, um, you know, to what you had said, Rick, they could be looking ahead to next week. I think it's going to be a matchup that Michigan State needs to win sooner or later against OSU. They've lost seven straight to them. They need to win sooner or later. I know that's not great reasoning necessarily, but I do think that we have one of our best teams in a while. Um, I think we have a better team personally than last year um, in some ways, but the problem is we have a really tough schedule. This team has a very tough schedule this year. Like I said, I think their talent is better than last year, but if you look at this schedule, it's murderer's row at some points. And uh, The good thing is that Michigan State will get a bye after Ohio State. So they will have a bye the week, October 8th. They will get to rest up before they come stay in East Lansing to play Michigan. The Wolverines will be traveling here to Spartan Stadium. October 15th will be the game. We have won three straight against the Wolverines. It's been the longest streak since 65 through 67, beating Michigan three straight times. Um, To beat them four straight times would be something unprecedented practically. Um, it goes back way too many years. I couldn't even find the stat online. I searched forever, and I just could not find it. Um, it just it just was not there. But last year, it was the most lopsided victory that Michigan State has had against the Wolverines since 1967 when they beat them 34 to nothing. So, Megan, starting with you, Michigan State playing Michigan here on their home field. Does this team get this win and extend the streak and just rub it in their faces for another whole season? I, I think they do. Um, going with you guys, you like you like to use the quarterbacks. They do have Kirk Cousins, three years starter. The other thing is, um, I'm reading something right now, is Edwin Baker rushed for 147 yards against them last year. And um, it's he's unstoppable sometimes. And I, I think he can do it again this year. Um you know, they talk about Denard Robinson coming back, quarterback, whatever. Um, I don't know if he's going to be quite as stellar as he was last year. Like, he kind of fell apart toward the end of the season. Um, but, yeah, I see them taking it because because of Kirk Cousins and because of Edwin Baker. I think those are going to be our two main things. That'll be the, the catalyst? Mm-hmm. All right, Rick, what do you think of this game coming up here on the 15th? I think October. there's no question that we beat Michigan. I think uh, a couple reasons. I think one is... Uh, we have a lot of uh, depth on defense now, and I think we have great defensive players. I know we lost uh, Jones, but I think Henry's grandson, Max, is going to step up and be a great player. we got uh, Will Goldston, his outside linebacker, that's going to be a great player, and I think that we can contain uh, their quarterback, and I think that there's no question we beat him for the fourth time. And probably, I think that's our history. I tried to look it up too and couldn't find. I it. couldn't find it either. I just could not find it. So I mean, it might be that you know it might have never happened four times in a row. But you know, Hank, looking at this again, I mean, I know you think we're going twelve and zero, but what is your reason that we beat Michigan that day? What's what's the what's the catalyst? What's the the key to us beating Michigan another time? What do you see is the the differing the differing factor there between both teams for that game? Because when I coached here and I played here, we beat them all the time. There you go. So that's, what, <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's why I think we can beat them. I, I wasn't around too often 
when they were getting beat by those things, those teams. But uh, my last year was the first year that uh, Bo Schembecker came in. Mm-hmm. And we we changed our office, and we had a week off. Duffy went, he went to the uh, uh, outside veer and put the offensive in. We had a kid by the name of Highsmith who rushed for about 180 yards on him that game, and we beat him. Nice. And that's when that's when both said both both always said that I thought that Ohio State was a big game until we lost the Michigan State game. Then I saw what was a big game. Yep. He said the Ohio State game. And I mean excuse me now the Michigan Michigan State game. No, I mean, I definitely agree. I think we're going to beat them as well. And that's just not fan talk. I mean, I'm not saying that because I'm a Spartan because I love the Spartans. I think they're a much better team. I think Michigan is without a doubt going to be improved um, this next year. I think Brady Hoke really is going to bring in that, bring that pro-style attack back to Michigan, um, what they got away from under the, the spread offense of Rich Rodriguez. But uh, I do think Brady Hoke will be a good thing for them. They're going to try to make Denard Robinson more of a pocket passer. They want him to pass more and run less. And I think he will be contained by our fantastic D line as you mentioned Golston um you know we have you know Max Below um a lot of great talent there Tyler Hoover um you know Jarrell Worthy there's a lot of guys you can't overlook right. when it comes to the Spartan D um they are very stout and when you look at a defense like Michigan's that yes they have Madison coming in there as their new defensive coordinator but this will be their fourth different coordinator in the last five years and at that same point they gave up 451 yards per game last year and giving up 35.2 points per game so their defense, as it will be improved, how improved will it be? Well, I think that one thing I think, I think you're underselling Michigan's offense. Michigan was eighth in the country last year in offense. Well, I was getting to that, yeah. <laughs> They're eighth in the country. Now, in other words, if they could finish eighth again, they'd be happy. If uh, what they were doing was not the wrong thing to do, they were doing it right, but they just had trouble with the, with the, with the defensive part of the game. Yeah, but when you – I mean – Everybody says Michigan's going to be better on defense. Why is Michigan going to be better on defense? There's two things that you have on defense. You either have a bad scheme or bad players. Yeah. And if you look at, I saw uh, um, one of the one of the pregame uh, coaches shows. They had the they had they gave they had film of Michigan's defense, and they showed it and they went through it and they said this isn't a bad scheme. They got five guys around the guy. They had two guys around the guy. They got three guys around. The guy. They just can't tackle. So yeah. unless these guys who played last year all of a sudden ate their Wheaties and got better. Why? I mean, Madison's a great. He's a good. He's a good defensive coordinator. Robinson was pretty good when he didn't. He win a Super Bowl at, uh, at yeah, Denver. Yeah, Robinson. I mean, he's, he was pretty good too. I mean, yeah. it's not. It's well, not like it was a. Uh, I I agree with you a thousand percent right there. That you know, can they get better or there? But uh, their offense now. Uh, I don't know if I would have tinkered with their offense if I was coming in. But I, this guy had to tinker with him because he wanted. To, Put what he wants to do offensively, but uh, defensively, I agree with you there, Rick. That they just weren't physical enough, right. uh, and maybe they didn't have the, the right kind of Michigan men in there. Right. I mean, it wasn't like Robinson didn't know how to coach. Yeah. Oh he no. No, he's a good coach. Yeah. yeah. Coach before him was a good coach. Right. They were. They're all good coaches. Oh, exactly. It's not necessarily about that. I mean, no one's saying that. 
their offense is going to be bad. Their offense is definitely going to be good. They have one of the best wide receiving cores probably since 2007 with Roundtree, Hemingway, um, Odoms. They have a lot of great guys there. The running game will be fine with Michael Shaw Jr. He did have a spring injury, but he should be ready enough for the regular season here. Um, they are going to have a lot of talent. Denard Robinson, who threw over for almost 2,600 yards last season, 18 TDs, 11 picks. He, um, you know, he threw three interceptions, um, had three tu- turnovers, excuse me, in the Michigan-Michigan State game last season. Um, it's going to be reducing the amount of errors for a team like Michigan. Um, they can't be turning the ball over. You saw it last year. They had a 10-7 to lead against us, but had two picks when they were on our five-yard line. And it's mistakes like that that a team that's not as talented at this point cannot get over the hump playing a better team. So we'll see how they how it comes out in this game. I think Brady Hoke will be a good thing for Michigan. He had good success out in San Diego State, had success with Ball State from 03 to 2008. He took San Diego State to their first bowl game last year in 12 years, um, You know, took Ball State to a bowl game as well. I think Michigan can look forward to success in the future, but this year you're going to have some learning, some learning, uh, growing pain, some learning curves here. You can't, now when you've when you got a spread attack, and now you're trying to implement more of a pro-style attack like Wisconsin, Wisconsin runs. You can't do that overnight, and it's going to be really interesting to see how Michigan melds here. Uh, real fast, to just jump through the schedule, they do play Wisconsin um, on October 22nd, which will be a very good game. I think that's a really important game. If you look at the biggest two-game stretch here, probably for Michigan State, will be Wisconsin and then at Nebraska the following week. And looking at that real fast, Rick, Wisconsin at Nebraska will kind of lump them together. Do you see the Spartans coming away with two two wins or a split? Two losses. Um, it's going to be a tough stretch. I mean, um, the last five meetings, all five meetings we played Nebraska, we have lost to them. Um, you know, and obviously Wisconsin, as we know, um, it's been very back and forth. You know, every year. So, you know, looking at that here coming up, Wisconsin at Nebraska. How do you see this team faring in that most difficult stretch? I, I don't think we'll lose to Wisconsin because we have uh, that's our our players' association weekend, and we don't lose that weekend. So, I think if there is going to be a, a a bump in the in the road. I think it's Nebraska. I think we don't play traditionally well out there. I think last time we went out there, we got hammered. Um, they're kind of an unknown, uh, but I still think we we, we can beat them. I, I think we get out of those two. I think I think uh, we split. Mm-hmm. Nebraska, Megan, look at those two: Wisconsin at Nebraska. What are you thinking for that right there? I. You know, it's tough. I'm reading this right now, and they're talking about Nebraska and everything, and they're saying their quarterback, Taylor Martinez, is just going to have to have a complete meltdown in order for us to win that game. But they have them winning. Um, They're saying he's going to have his sophomore year uh, slump or whatever and just totally fall apart. Um, With Wisconsin, though, I mean, both good teams, both very, very good game, especially a home game, though, for us and how we won last year and everything and what we have coming back. I can see us beating Wisconsin. Nebraska's kind of the, t- the toss-up, I think, is the one because you either go out there and you're really good and you're ready for this game, which they should be, or you go out there and you just completely fall apart. And Nebraska is, like you say, no one to sneeze at. But, you know, and it's just it's a toss-up game. That one's going to be pretty difficult, I think, to re- go with an outcome. No, that's tough. I mean, I have them losing at Nebraska. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I, at that point, I can see them, the Spartans, easily being 8-0, 7-0 by the time they get to Nebraska, necessarily. But playing Nebraska, Taylor Martinez is a great quarterback, and uh, he did deal with injury last year, but he pretty much he ran for more than half of the yards he threw for. He ran for 965 yards, had 12 rushing touchdowns to add to 10 passing touchdowns with 1,600 yards tossed. Taylor Martinez, he, will have a, he has a year experience under his belt. He will be a much 
better quarterback this year. Um, it's going to be a really tough game, as you had already mentioned, Hank. Nebraska's got good players on every side of the ball. I think we'll be 12-0 and get ready to play <laughs> Alabama again. Alabama again, so it won't be a 49-7 beatdown? Well, it doesn't make any difference. You have to play them again. got to play them again. All right. Play them again. So real fast, because we don't got too much time left, Megan, uh, we already know Hank's got Michigan State going 12-0. What do you got the Spartans going this season? Oh, geez. Their final um, games after Nebraska, Minnesota at home, at Iowa, Indiana at home, and then at Northwestern. Um, geez, I'm gonna say I have them going probably ten ten and two this year. Ten and two? Yeah. All right, ten and two. Rick, what do you got the Spartans at? Eleven and one and winning the Big Ten championship game. Eleven and one. Good stuff. I personally have the Spartans at nine and three. Um I think uh, I always kinda lowball these things. Um, I think they're going to lose at Nebraska. I see them losing at Iowa. They haven't lost. They haven't won there since 1989. Not to say years mean a lot, but, yeah, they just don't have success out in Iowa too well. And I also have them losing uh, possibly at Northwestern, possibly at Notre Dame. It's tough to say, but I see the Spartans at 9-3, and three, basically. Um, I think it's going to be Wisconsin and Ohio's, uh, not, uh, Wisconsin and uh, Nebraska excuse me, in the first Big Ten title game, which will take place at Lucas Oil Stadium out in Indianapolis. Uh, real fast, Hank, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show today. You're welcome. I'm, I'm more than happy to be here. No, it was a pleasure to have you on. And again, Rick, you know, pleasure to have you on as well. My pleasure. Well, I really appreciate it. And uh, for all of our listeners, we will definitely be discussing a lot more Michigan State Spartan football next week. One hour is just not enough time. We need two hours show. But uh, again, I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in today. For all of us here at the Spartan Sports Wrap, my name is Dave. I'm Megan. You guys have a great night out there. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.